Welcome. This is Crime Noir, a true crime podcast telling our stories. And I'm your host, Candace, and this is Case 5, The Disappearance of Akia Eggleston. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash crime noir and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash crime noir. Let's get to the show. Hey guys, welcome back to yet another episode I chose this case today because it sticks with me, but y'all know I literally say this every time, but I only do cases that I feel personally connected to, and I personally feel connected to the disappearance of Akia. And I do have a special guest today. It's one of my good friends, Camila. Hey, everybody. I'm Camila, as Candace said. Um, I'm really glad to be here. First of all, I just want to shout out Candace for even starting this podcast. It's absolutely necessary and needed. Our cases go underreported so often. I'm always so shocked to hear anything that she reports and other things. Um, but just a little bit about myself. Um, I live in Maryland. I'm originally from Maryland, grew up in Indianapolis, moved back about six years ago. Um, I'm working as a federal government contractor and I'm currently in school so that's good. We're happy to have you. <laughs> and I'm glad that I have other people to talk about this stuff because the more we become informed Absolutely. and the more we get our stories out, even if we just say it to one person, yeah, that one person it. can, you know, yeah, ripple it. It could be a ripple effect. Absolutely. So I appreciate you for coming, giving your opinion, and let's just get to the facts. Absolutely. Let's go. So before I start today's episode, I'd just like to give a listener discretion that although this podcast does not feature explicit language, we do talk about adult theme, so listener discretion is advised. So, Cam, have you ever heard of Akia Eggleston? I actually haven't. It's crazy because she's from the area. Really? No, seriously. <laughs> she's from Baltimore. Yeah. That's crazy. So, I chose this case today because she's actually on the FBI website. That's how I came across her information, and I was just intrigued because they don't have too many um, black people on the FBI's website, so anytime I see them, I, I reach to research them honestly so from there i became a member of her facebook group it's i think it's called uh find akia eggleston or something like that i'm not exactly sure of the name but from there i reached out to her aunt sabrina wilson i apologize if i'm not saying your name right to see if um crime noir could cover the case and she said yes and she did give me her thoughts as well which we will discuss in our theory section and I don't know about you, Cam, but I have a super sensitivity to women who are pregnant mm-hmm. because they are extremely vulnerable Absolutely. people. I'm not saying they're victims or they're weak, but it's kind of hard to, when something's growing in you, that's a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's And a lot comes, a lot of responsibility comes with that from even just your tribe, the surrounding people around you to, you know, be a little bit more responsible to help you out. Exactly. I agree 100%. So it touches me tremendously when I hear that they're disappearing while they're pregnant. Like um, case three, Selena Mays, she was also pregnant. So lately I've just been seeing a lot of trends of missing pregnant women. And that is just disturbing to me. Yeah, it's very baffling. 
The second lead cause of death, according to CDC, is homicide for pregnant women. That is really crazy. Yeah. And the first is car accidents. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. And then most pregnant women that are harmed when it's homicide, they're harmed by their child's father. Jeez. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, the homicides typically stem from domestic violence situations or interpersonal violence, mm-hmm. which is some little known facts about, you know, pregnancy. Some background. Yeah, Absolutely. some background. Yeah. So Akia was 22 at the time she disappeared. She was 4'8 and weighed 145 pounds. Petite. Very small. Very, very petite. And I'm pretty sure that was her pregnancy weight. Yeah. So she was probably even tinier when she was not with a child. Which actually kind of makes her an easy target, too. Exactly, yeah. She had black hair and brown eyes. She was last seen on May 3rd, 2017, in person at her residence on Cherry Crest Road in Cherry Hill, Maryland. She was officially reported missing on May 7th when she missed her baby shower. And y'all, that's, is that a red flag to you? Yeah, as a pregnant woman. And she was high risk in her pregnancy. So you would think people were checking on her a little bit more frequently. Um, So it's, this is really strange. That That threw me off too. Yeah, I read somewhere that she put $900 down for her baby shower. So for her to not show up, mm, yeah, not looking good to me. Especially being 35 weeks pregnant, that just doesn't sound like... It just doesn't sound good to me. Yeah. Not to be cynical, of course. But. Yeah, but absolutely. And the fact that she was so high risk, you know, at one point her doctor was saying that she was bedridden. So it's like, where do you go, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, and actually as I was researching this, I actually saw that she was currently living with her friend um, in an apartment, and when they went to go look for her, of course, right after the baby shower, um, and her not showing up, they realized everything was missing. She had like a few larger items, I guess, but then there was also a hole in the wall, so there was obviously like some signs of aggression, maybe forced entry. So all of these things start combining and clicking together, and you realize that there really is a big problem. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Low-key scary. She also had another child, so why would she leave her child behind too? Like, and by all reports I read, I don't know what you read. It but was unlikely. Yeah, and she was unlikely. a good mom yeah. from what is described. So that's another red flag to me: You're missing your baby shower and also leaving your child behind. And by all accounts, she was a devoted mom. Hmm. I'm really excited for the upcoming child. So exactly. So we'll we'll definitely touch on this on the theories. A female friend took her to multiple banks on May 7th to withdraw money. Police do have surveillance from this day. This friend is not considered a suspect, according to police, and has been very cooperative during this investigation. So what they uncovered under this, or on the surveillance is she's by herself at the bank, mm-hmm. and she doesn't appear to be under duress at all. Right. She gives the teller a check and gets cash, and then she leaves. They speculate that she withdrew withdrew lots of money because she was planning on buying a house with her child's father. That's what police think anyway. Right, which is, again, really weird going back to the apartment. She was already supposed to be moving out shortly after, so it was like, why the rush? So you start, again, speculating. You're trying to put together some ideas, some clues as to what really happened to Akia. I also heard that she was very hush-hush about who her child's father is. Yeah, and that they actually didn't know who he was until after she went missing, which is also very strange, especially we're talking about eight weeks Eight months, I'm sorry, into a pregnancy for no one to know, and that he was a family friend. So they actually knew him. Um, Wasn't he the stepdad's? I read somewhere that it was the stepdad's friend. 
Um, oh, wow. That, yeah, that got her pregnant. And he didn't even know that they were dating at the time. Yeah, nobody knew. It was like a big secret. Yeah, and I'd have to wonder why. I'm always skeptical when women hide who their child's father is, especially young women. Yeah. Because it makes me think that there's some type better. of grooming yeah. or something... At least, at minimum, something inappropriate. Yeah, and I mean, someone she, knew better. Someone in that situation knew that that was not supposed to happen between the two of them. Exactly. So that's a red flag to me too. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't name names, but let me just give y'all some background. Her stepdad is Sean Wilkerson, and the her alleged child's father is Andre Robinson. So it's crazy to me that Sean. Wilkerson did not know that his friend... Mm-hmm. And he's actually been really vocal for about her whole case. He's very, been the one really pushing her story and holding vigils and all of that. Like, his name comes up in every story that you see. So it's just... He was it, he obviously felt really involved in her life. So for him not to know that they were even seeing each other, let alone had procreated a child together, is so off-putting and really takes the story and twists it up. Yeah. And like we said earlier... She wasn't telling anybody. And you know you always got that one homegirl where you're going to be like, look. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's crazy to me. And it makes me think, not necessarily that he did something, but we do have the stats. And it was hush-hush. So, who knows? Yeah. Anyway. So, at first, police didn't expect foul play. But, you know, this pisses me off because I feel like any time a pregnant woman who won... Puts down a nine hundred deposit deposit for her baby shower goes missing. Two leaves behind her kid, and she's a devoted mo- mother. That should be a flag right there. Also high risk pregnancy. Also high risk pregnancy, and things are missing from her apartment. And she's high risk. She was actually, I think I read she was um, scheduled for a C section. And that's and like, can we just briefly like get into the disregard of like black women when anything happens to us? It's always like pushed off to the side. This goes for medical. This goes financially. Anything that happens to us, and we try to report it. We try to reach out. We try to get some support. People always kind of look over it, gloss over it, as if we don't matter. Mm -hmm. So this is just one really big example yet again how we reached out for that support and. We didn't get it. And it took, what, two months before they finally said, oh, foul play. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Mm -hmm. come on. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And actually, before that, they probably considered her a runaway. I know I read a quote from some detective saying that um, she might have started a new life. And I'm like, "Mm." if she did run away to start a new life, she was going to do it the day of her baby shower. She wouldn't have got the stuff from the baby shower. That and allegedly, you know, because she's an adult, we can't really do anything about it because she's an adult. So she can make her own decisions, which it's, she left too much of um, discord. And she, as Sean Wilkerson, her stepdad actually said, she left without a trace. She like literally vanished. So it's like, you know, to try to pass this off and look over it as in, she just wanted to start a new life. It's really just irresponsible on the behalf of the police. Yeah, definitely. I know during the investigation, police also pulled surveillance from her apartment complex, and the one camera that they needed to be working was not. Of course, of course. And this pisses me off tremendously. Yeah, and-, and I actually read that a few months later, her stepfather, Sean, actually found her debit card in some bushes. I'm unsure of exactly like how close it was to her home or any facilities that she might have frequented, but um, that's also really strange, and for it to just be laying there, it was actually like laying in some dirt. 
So it almost feels a little intentional. Was it like buried, you think? Um, it looked from the picture, it actually looked like it was kind of like stuck in the ground. So mm-hmm. it just kind of felt weird. When I looked at it, when I was reading it, I'm thinking that feels really intentionally placed there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can get to talk, we can talk about that a little bit more in the theories though. Yeah, definitely. So what do you think happened? So actually, unfortunately, just with mainly because she was so high risk in her pregnancy um, and because she was supposed to be bedridden um, with a C-section scheduled, I really don't think Akia's here with us any longer, mm-hmm. only because black women already are dying at high rates at birth. Mm-hmm. So, And that's with medical assistance. That's in a hospital with doctors. So unfortunately, I think if somebody took her um, and she wasn't able to get that assistance, that medical assistance that she absolutely needed. Um, I think it might have taken her out if the person who took her um, didn't kill her. And by took her, do you think she was abducted or you think it was a crime of like uh, opportunity or what exactly do you think? So I kind of went back and forth in my head about this because I we don't really hear much about the father, the father of the child. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm wondering, you know, does he know anything? Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that there's a possibility that she was abducted. Um, I don't want to suspect that it was her friend, but I think it's somebody who knew that she had large increments of cash on her, possibly. Because $900 is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to be. Coupled with the fact that she was last seen withdrawing Withdrawing money. from multiple banks. Yeah. It, it kind of throws you off a bit. Um, and, you know, the whole idea of we're buying a house, it doesn't go like that. You know, you're not just giving somebody, you know, $10,000 cash for a a down payment and then to see you know for but her at 22 you might think you could pay by this is true cash. this is true context. i mean think about when you were 22 yeah, context, you, absolutely. Would, you probably thought oh i could i could pay with my credit card yeah whatever and, yeah and then to see like for the apartment that was what really threw me that was what was really eerie about this case outside of the the card in the bushes for all of her stuff to be removed first of all who did it who helped her with that because you know she wasn't mm-hmm. um and I think the person who was there helping her move absolutely knows what happened to her. Uh, unfortunately, I really can't think of who that might have been outside of maybe the roommate knows something, maybe the father of the child knows something. Um, have you heard anything more about where the, the whereabouts of the father of the child or any updates? Has he been cooperative? I know, that's what I couldn't find. I know that they're currently, because her two, um, I think, two-year disappearance anniversary and co- in quotation marks, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they're re-blasting the story. Yep. But I haven't read too much about what um, the police have uncovered. And they might be keeping it close to the vest because they have information that only, you know, the killer or assuming she's dead. Right. The killer or the perpetrator might Wouldn't have. Know. So there's not there hasn't been too much um, that I've read about updates. Um, I know I talked to her aunt Sabrina, and they she believes that Akia unfortunately is no no longer with us either, mm-hmm. given the circumstances. And I myself am inclined to believe that I don't believe a devoted m- mother would leave just up and leave would up and leave at a high risk pregnancy. I just don't believe that. I where I am unclear about is what exactly happened and why. And not to be like, oh, the man, the man did it, right? But, I don't know. I mean, going back to what we were talking about earlier, that is usually who does it. Yeah. Um, And so you hate to point fingers, but sometimes all fingers point to you until, you know, proven innocent, unfortunately. Um, But yeah, 
this case really threw me for a loop, Mm -hmm. probably a little bit more than the ones that you've done, um, even with Selena, Mm -hmm. because I keep, like I said, I keep going back to the fact that she was high risk bedridden. And if you've never seen somebody go through a high risk bedridden pregnancy, you literally shouldn't be moving. And for her to be, you know, bouncing around at different banks and even just those, that kind of movement can cause stress to your body, which can cause an early delivery and these things just aren't adding up, you know. It, the math isn't there for me. So, I, like I said, unfortunately, I have to go back to the fact that I don't think she's any. She's here. If she is, um, I definitely feel like her child didn't make it through the birth. So, and then I kind of want to revert back to the baby's father. Mm-hmm. We really needed to talk about how no one knew that the guy that who got her pregnant was a family right. friend. Yeah, and that's. Like we said before, that's suspicious to me because why wouldn't she tell? Yeah. Why is it a secret, especially since she was a devoted mom, she was excited about this child. And she wasn't covering the pregnancy. She wasn't covering She wasn't the hiding pregnancy. the pregnancy exactly. from anyone. So why hide such a key factor in becoming a mother and birthing a child? Um, especially, it, like I said, it sounded like she was excited to have this new child. You know, she's having this elaborate baby shower, as you can imagine, $900, right? And- why hide that one key factor? So it really disturbs me when I'm trying to think about the theories and who might know something or know no, no more a little bit more than what we do. Um, I kind of always go back to the father. Um, and even maybe the friend who I understand has been very cooperative, but there's no way, and I think even at 22, that I would be taking my friend, you know, bank hopping um, to pull out large increments of money without questioning what's really going on. Well, to be fair, she thought she was moving out with her right, child's to the house. father or whatever. Yeah. But who knows? I wonder if the police... This brings me to my next point. I wonder if the police have contacted a realtor or... I right? wonder what the process has been to reach those avenues because what if there was no plan in motion for her to actually... Or no house for her to Absolutely. move in. So that's something that I've considered because... Clearly, because I'm going to consider this an abduction, because I don't like. I, I do too. I, I don't think that I don't think she, she left. I don't think she would have missed Mm-mm. her baby shower Mm-mm. or left her child or left her child. Um, I'm going to consider this a, an abduction. So whatever happened, somebody had been planning this for quite some time. Yeah, and and having been part of a house buying process, I know that they have you on record somewhere because you visited houses, and even if you haven't signed off on anything officially, they have you down. Um, to purchase. Mm-hmm. So I, that's a good, that's something really good that you brought up is like, did they take any precaution into in any investigation into reaching out to whoever this realtor would have been to say, hey, we actually had nothing planned or hey, we hadn't even found a house yet um, who could verify some of these, these ideas of why she was pulling out large increments of money? Because I almost feel like if we can't find any of that information, was this like for ransom, possibly? Was she trying to pay off a debt? And like all these ideas that are kind of coming. I mean, exactly. there's a lot of things that could be happening. And this also, now that we're talking this through, what what happened to our stuff? Did like, you read right. anything? No, 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 I no one had any idea. No exactly. storage. Like, what just happens to an entire apartment's worth of stuff? Like, I think they had some, like, larger items, like couches and stuff. But what happens to a full closet of a woman and her children? What what happens to that? You and, don't just throw that away and no one sees it. Mm-hmm. And clearly, somebody had to help her move. 
So whoever helped her move... Or moved for her. Or moved for her had something to do with it. It'd be interesting. I haven't read anything about a moving company or anything like that, which is also why I believe that the police have more information than than they're they're releasing, which I understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, sometimes I wish that they would give us a little bit more, like a nugget. Yeah. So that way the um, public can... Oh, I remember seeing... A U-Haul. Exactly. Or I remember seeing... Because those are the clues that help. Those are the clues that help solve cases where it's like, oh, I do remember seeing a very strangely placed truck or a man walking to the apartment that I've never seen before. And then let's go back to the hole in the wall. What was that? That seems like forced entry or some kind of aggression to me. That Yeah, that scares me that someone was punching or threatening to punch. Um, That worries me too, that maybe she didn't even make it to her next destination and they were really trying to leave her without a trace. Sure. And if she's pulling out cash, guess what? It's untraceable. And to leave the debit card in the bushes, to me, that feels so intentional. So I even am starting to wonder if maybe when the debit card was left there a few months later, was she possibly still alive? And it was maybe some kind of key token or just a tease um, to you know hurt her family and put her family in some more agony. Um, but it, a lot of this, you know, when you start really talking to her, like you said, it starts kind of gets heavy. Yeah, you wonder yeah, what what the heavy. real backstory is, and it did definitely they have any? Gets heavy. You know, and like, have you heard anything about from the roommate? You know, has she been cooperative? Maybe she knows that there were some arguments that were happening because as a roommate, you you know you yeah you're privy know, to other people's business absolutely even, even you if you don't want, want to. Yeah, no, seriously, seriously, it's just. It just makes me think a lot about... Foul play, for sure. Yeah, I definitely think foul play is suspected. And I really, really do hope this case is solved. Um, I hope they find her alive, find her child alive. That's yeah. my first and foremost. Absolutely. But if they don't, I hope the family can at least get some sense of closure, closure. about this. Because I know this has to be ag- agonizing for her parents, her aunt, Sabrina, her child... Her child. To go without, I mean, just for two years. And by all counts, she just seemed like a wonderful person to know. And it's just really sad to me that, you know, she's out here missing. And then, you know, to touch back again at, you know, so many underreported cases of especially black women, but black people as a whole, you know, why are we not hearing about this? I live five seconds outside of D.C., but yet Baltimore isn't that far. Mm -hmm. Um, Why wasn't this blast in our news? It seems like the only people that kind of knew we're the people in the Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And that happens to so many of our cases, and that's why we have to continue to push all the time. And see, that's... I mean, let's... Hypothetically, what if Akia was in Georgia? I mean, they wouldn't even know she was missing they, because no one they had hadn't, any idea. hadn't seen it. But mm-hmm. when Lacey Peterson went me- missing while she was pregnant... It was blasted. It was, I'm pretty sure it was worldwide news. Yeah. And that is one of the goals of Crime Noir, is to get our stories out, yeah. talk to the people, just... Make sure our stories are told, and maybe somebody around there, if just one person hears this, then they can, oh, it can jog a memory or Absolutely. something like that. So, <sighs> yeah, this, it's heavy stuff, it gets, isn't it? It gets heavy, and the, the really upsetting part to me, Candace, is that honestly, you want to try to remember all the faces of the missing folks that you see. You want to try to remember, or, you know, I, I often find myself, especially when I see like black people get pulled over by the police. I always want to just either stop or pull over or I worry, like, am I going to see this person on the news in a couple hours? And so having that, like, living in that constant state of fear and to know that people are underreporting our case. I did read um, in one of in one of the Baltimore um, prints um, 
that the detective that has been working on the case, he actually said this has not gone cold. He does some kind of work on the case every single day. So that is a little bit, you know, that helps you a little bit. I that guess. makes us feel 0.1% yeah, better. It, but a little sleep. <laughs> I feel like it would be great if she was making national news. Absolutely. Consistently. Yeah. Like John Bonet Ramsey is always on the news. Madeline McCain. 30 years later. We need those we need our stories to be told like that. Yeah, our faces need to be plastered on billboards across the country exactly. every single day. Exactly. Well, any more theories before we wrap up? No, I actually think I think that's it. Um, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna honestly keep praying and hoping that somebody has something for her family, just to like you said, put this to rest, put this give them some closure. Okay. If you have any information on the whereabouts of Akia, please contact the FBI's Baltimore field office at four one zero. Two six five eight zero eight zero. You can also contact Baltimore City Police Department at 410-396-2499. There's also a $25,000 reward for information regarding her. So, And this week in True Crime News, Cam, you have a story don't, that I you do. want to cover. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I have a story that, that hits literally close to home. Um, this is a story about a man named Kevin. Everybody's called him Bo Battle. Um, he died in March of this year due to a race-based crime. Um, and it's important to note that the state attorney in Fort Worth, Texas, does not want to acknowledge this as a homicide. Um, and once I complete the story, you guys will understand how stressful and and how upsetting that this is um and I did get permission from my friend Kevin who like I said whose father this is because I the only way we can really support again is to really blast our stories and put them out there for people to get I agree um so just a little background on this so this happened in March of 2019 um the first incident that uh, I've read about was March 20th um Bo and his neighbor Mark Jabin who was 46 <clears throat> The first incident was that he was actually accosted by Mark saying to turn down your music, nigger. Mm. Mind you, this is Fort Worth. This is Texas. Again, let's remember, stand your ground. Everybody carries guns. Mm. Um, March 25th, um, Bo actually confronts Jabin due to an incident that happened with his grandson, my friend Kevin's son, uh, basically because his son, who I believe is only five years old, came to him and was really distressed um, about something that Mark had said to him. So, of course, as a grandfather, you're going to confront. You're going to figure out what's going on. So it it really happened very quickly. Unfortunately, this happened in front of Kevin and his son, um, which, of course, again, is the most distressing part of this entire story. But um, Mark Jabin takes a gun and shoots Bo in the face mm. um, while he's holding his grandson's hand. Mm. And um, sorry, it gets me kind of shaken up every time I yeah, think about understandable. that. Um, and then, you know, of course, Bo at that point actually tries to cover and shield his grandson. Um, and Mark then shoots him in the back of his head. Mm. Um, so you can understand just too much escalation yeah it, it happens really quickly yeah um, as you can imagine um, you know it's all of a sudden I'm confronting you and then now someone's dead and like I said Kevin actually saw the whole thing they actually brought him in for questioning that night and let him go um, of course they're saying he was in he was defending himself um, how is a shot to the back of a, your head and that's what that's that's the biggest thing because obviously he wasn't fearing for his life obviously um, he was trying to cover and shield his grandchild and that part to me just sticks with me so much because 
you pulled your gun out at a man and a child. Um, and if you can just imagine the, sh- the trauma that both Kevin and his son, who was a baby, will have for the rest of their lives, it's so disturbing. And these cases always piss me off. They always make me cry. But when you know these people, it really becomes real. It, different. it really does. And and I just really, like I said, the only way I can really support is to is to push this story. I want everybody to go look this up. I want everybody talking about it like the other cases because this is major and it's getting pushed under the rug just like every other case. Um, and unfortunately, like I said, it is race-based. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had incidents before. Mark Jabin claims self-defense, and we really need to keep pushing this case in the courts because this happens to us all the time, where our cases, like I said, they go underreported, they get slid under the rug, there's no uproar, so there's there's no no action taken. There's no justice served. Yeah, and and the crazier thing... Or even an investigation. Yeah, absolutely. Or a proper, a a full investigation. Yeah, and honestly, the only people that I think that really know about this case, sadly, are in Indianapolis because a lot of people know the Battle family, um, and we've been circulating on Facebook within our own circle. Um, and maybe some people down in Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. So I want this to be national news. I want people talking about it like we've talked about all the other cases. Like I said, this this one comes really close, and it's so serious, and I know that this is happening, and this has happened in many other areas. Mm -hmm. Um, And the even crazier part, um, just to wrap the story up, is that a couple days after um, Bo was killed, the family was told, was advised by police and neighbors not to... Um, come back to his residence because there were six white men driving in a car Mm. with um, shooting shots. So um, that's what we're still living in. Mm. And it's unfortunate. In in 2019. This is literally, you know, we're talking about almost two months ago. So this is what we're still dealing with. So if you guys really go look up this case, again, his name is Kevin Battle. They used to call him Bo. He's only 57 years old. And again, this happened in front of his son and his grandson. So just pray for them. Pray for definitely. closure. We're, we'll definitely be praying yeah, for them. Yeah, pray for closure. Pray for justice and and that all of this comes to a final close and that mm-hmm. we can continue to get these stories out. Yeah, I agree. Whoa. Thanks, Cam. That was a very touching story, and I hope that the listeners at Crime Noir will go look this up. Yeah, and I do too. Maybe write the local government yeah. and just ask for answers about what exactly happened because I know... Things like this, sometimes the public has to be informed so things can get moving. So yeah, and if you guys want, there's a petition um, to take this and put this at you know take this to trial. It's on change.org. If you just type in, like I said, just type in his name, you can see all of the different stories written up about it. So please do your part. Okay, thanks. My story for this week is there was an Amber Alert issue from Malia Davis. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, you saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, her stepfather, Darian Venice, said that she was kidnapped by maybe three Hispanic men, and she was last seen on Southwest Freeway on Saturday around 6 p.m. Um, I find this story actually really odd because he actually said all three of them, him, his son, and her were kidnapped and then assaulted, and then they dropped him and the son off and then skirted off mm-hmm. with the daughter. Okay. I really don't buy this story, and I'll be very interested to see how, how this this shakes off. Mm-hmm. Because most men with daughters or most men with children would probably fight to the death over their child. So I just I don't really see three men abducting a man, his son, and his daughter. I mean, it could be. I mean, anything's possible, but mm, it just doesn't seem likely to me. 
Uh, he also said that they were driving a 2002 blue Chevrolet crew cab, which is, like I guess, a pickup truck. So, I don't know. This inter- this story is just very interesting to me. Uh, she was also last seen wearing a pink bow in her hair, a light blue jacket, and blue jeans. So, it'll be interesting to see what makes of this case. I just hope this baby girl is okay. Yeah. That is the main thing to me, but I'm not necessarily buying the stepfather's... Um, recount of things because yeah i mean it makes you kind of wonder like does he have any like beef you know with somebody that would again do these things for ransom you know Mm -hmm. to pay off some kind of debt some blackmail yeah it kind of makes you think that if that is true that maybe he possibly might know them who they are Mm -hmm. um and then for them to be so bold to show their face um, to be able to identify them and by their ethnicity, possibly nationality. Exactly. And I sometimes I think it's weird when people just identify like the race. I just think it's weird sometimes. It can it can be off putting sometimes. It can be a red herring mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. I I've seen cases where like people will be like, A black man did it and yeah. it's really not him. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I also read um on Twitter that she, Malaya, uh, Malaya Davis, was removed from her home in August by um, Child Protective Services. Mm. So they, there was allegations of physical abuse related to a head in, injury she wow. had. Mm-hmm. And it required a lot of brain service, uh, surgery. So, Wow. Oh, my gosh. I super hope she's okay and that she returns to a safe home. Yeah, safe home. Keywords, safe yeah. home. Yeah. yeah. So... Just praying for her return and and that we find out exactly the what truth. the real story exactly. is. Exactly, I agree. Yeah, and that wraps up today's episode, you guys. Um, any closing remarks, Cam? No, I just again thank you for having me. Um, hope to come back one day. Oh, duh. But um, yeah, where, I'm where really can they find you at again? Um, so you guys can find me on Instagram. That's kind of really all I use. Um, I'm at cool with the K. Not with like K O L, but like literally spell it out. Cool with a underscore K. Mm-hmm. That's me. So, <laughs> and as usual, guys, follow me on Twitter at CrimeXNoir. I'm also on Instagram, Crime Noir the podcast, and you can also email me at Crime Noir. Oops, sorry, y'all. Crime Noir the podcast at gmail dot com, and I do. Still continue to take case suggestions. Mm-hmm. So if you have any kind of cases you'd like to see me cover, feel free to contact me. If you liked what you heard, please continue to like, share, and subscribe. And I will talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye.